Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations, including all the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Linda Schwartz, and our special guest joining us today is Chrisada Punsuri, a very talented Lao American artist and optical engineer. He's also a professional dancer, an award-winning poet, and an avid photographer. Welcome, Chrisada. How are you today? I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, Linda. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, honored to share the space with you um, after so many years. Um, yeah, just, just feeling overall good and, um, you know, ready, ready to rock. Great. Awesome. I, I learned that you were not born here, which I was actually surprised to learn because I always thought that you were um, a first generation Lao. But can you tell me a little bit about your origin story? Okay. Um, yeah. So I was born in Hoi Sai, Laos. Um, so Bokeo province. It's in the northwest of Laos. Um, I was born in 1988. Uh, and my family came to America um, my immediate family came to America like late 89, 1989. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't even two years old before we uh, ended up in San Diego. My aunts and uncles, um, about three of them, three or four of them were refugees. Um, they were the ones that escaped during the war. And they were the ones that uh, helped sponsor our family to come over here, kind of like a, a one-way ticket, if you will. And uh, uh, long story short, uh, we became asylum seekers, and um, but it took a it took a long while. So you know, I was uh, raised in San Diego like the majority of my life. Um, so I, I always say that I'm born in Laos and raised in San Diego. Nice, that's that's my thing. Very good. So you're multi hyphenate. You're multi talented. Um, I want to know more about your artist journey because. That's something that connects us. We're both writers. We met at the Lao Writers Summit. And um, and when I met you, I was struck by, number one, just how striking you are as a person. Like, your face is so striking. You're like, in Lao, you know, they call, they. I would say you have like pa'ek features. Oh, and if, and for, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what pa'ek means, it's like, in television or movies, that's the hero of the story. Um, but I'm I I'm really interested in how you because how you got into writing and poetry and dancing because not you have such a great balance. I mean, you're basically a physicist, right? And yeah. and you yeah. also have so many creative leanings. Um, can you talk a little bit about? Number one, how you uh, ventured into your artist? What? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I think early on in my life, uh, just trying to really figure who who I was. I, I think um, I was trying to figure out in terms of being self aware as as a child, like who the hell I was, uh, who am I? You know, like what? Why is why is this world so strange? And what I mean is, like, um, first of all, it's language, right? Like uh, growing up in Southeast San Diego. Um, I grew up in a heavily Lao and Lu community. Lu is an ethnicity of Laos, for those that don't know. Um, and, and so my family had this like mix of languages and accents and culture 
and then on top of that um i'd go to school right and and going to school was a completely different experience as well so like i think early on in my childhood it was always very um uh, interesting to unpack i was always a very curious person and and growing up where we come from uh you know we, we didn't have much you know like we didn't we didn't really have uh, obviously we didn't have ways to tap into worldly events or things that were happening around in our neighborhood except you know word of mouth and whatnot and we didn't really have much to even you know play with right um so i was always uh, an outdoor play in the streets kind of kid always love um the idea of like making fun uh, from nothing or making something out of nothing and in, in terms of like whatever is in front of us right and um i think that curiosity as a as a child kind of led into how i wanted to explore the world and how i wanted to explore myself and my identity so um let's start with writing um going back to language i really sucked at english um i spoke english but you know we we speak hood english too you know like we're we, we we spoke um whatever immigrant tongue we could match and whatever folks I went to school with. So it wasn't proper, if you will. And um I struggled a lot with reading and writing. I was better at um math. I know that sounds very stereotypical, but let's be honest, like from an immigrant perspective, um reading and writing, like what the you know, that that got me pretty nervous. Um I, I didn't do well at all. Um so I always had this weird um relationship early on with writing and reading. Um, and, but the thing is, uh, when it came to writing, it was also a world for me to, um, unpack away from reality. So I would write, I used to love a lot of fantasy. So I used to write stuff about, you know, uh, dragons and final fantasy video games. Like uh, I was always lost in video games as well. Cause I always loved being in a different world. And, and even if my writing sucked, I still liked writing. So, um, we, we had like a, we had like a gift exchange in sixth grade. Uh, long story short, I ended up with a notebook or like a writing book and I hated it. I was like, there's so many cool other things that, uh, you know, were out there, but it was like, kind of like, was it like a white elephant gift exchange? And I ended up with a damn like notebook and I was so pissed, but you know, from there I was like, Hey, let me just like journal. Let me just write poetry. Actually. Let me just write poems. Uh, and that's what kind of started my writing. Um, Again, I sucked at it for many, many years. Uh, it was just a way for me to unpack. And then it wasn't really until college, uh, June Jordan, um, African-American, really prominent, prolific, one of the most inspirational poets in, in my career. Uh, I took a class under her program at Cal. And um, that poetry class changed me because I had a really good mentor in writing. His name is Marcos Ramirez. Um, I learned about poetic technique in a way I never thought I was. And then it was kind of like that the, the techniques and learning through that program enabled me to really understand that I need to write more about the stories of my folks, my community, um, about the Lao American diaspora, about the refugee experience. So that, that was kind of like, I know I skipped many years, but that writing has always been with me. Um, and it was only until it was only until college that I was able to embrace that kind of writing and be okay with the fact that I sucked <laughs> in in like the the conventional skills of um english if you sure. will um with breaking it was same thing like i i was a heavy i was heavy into skateboarding actually so i i used to be a hardcore skater skate in the streets challenge people in the streets uh playing skate um seeing who's the best and but just like enjoying again enjoying the outdoors and then all of a sudden there was like subliminal 
views and 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 visuals of breaking or what the mainstream calls break dancing, but I call it we we call it breaking. Um, so anyway, I, I saw breaking in the malls, uh, cousins on the block, and people in the block were breaking slightly when it was like a fad in the in the nineties, and um, I kind of gravitated towards it more and more, and then. Um, at one point, I used to skate to the uh, library, Malcolm X Library, because I didn't have internet at the time. And and uh, I would just look up books and, and internet stuff on breaking. And that, that's what kind of started me off a little bit. And then um, then I just started like breaking and practicing on my own and then watching videos and borrowing videos from the friends. Um, and, then, you know, my dad would get me these VHS tapes and then I would just watch, absorb and just fall in love with the fact that I could use my body. Um, and, and and just like react to music. I always loved music. You know, um, I did loud dancing when I was a when I was a child, like early on in my life. So that was like my first uh, kind of for, like first adventure into dancing, yeah. traditional loud dance. Then it was like, you know, dancing to Michael Jackson, um, trying to imitate him. And then all of a sudden when breaking came along, I just absolutely fell in love with the music and the way that I could express myself physically, spiritually uh, and, and just you know, at first everyone's like, man, what the hell are you doing? Like all my buddies on the block, you know, like, man, there's some goofy stuff, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, it just kind of struck to them too. And they got really attracted to it. And um, the rest is history, you know, I've been breaking for 20 years, um, been competitive, been performing all over the world, uh, traveling all over the world to compete. And uh, it, it was like my first true, like passion love that I drove um, all the other stuff. And then with photography, um, photography was during the time that I danced uh, in Vegas. So in 2012, kind of 2011, 2012-ish, I quit my regular job. And then I moved to Vegas with my younger brother. And we were part of the Jabberwockies Muse IC show. Uh, they they wanted uh, folks to dance uh, for their, their show. And in Vegas, they needed... Um, you needed folks, you know, it's, it's physically demanding to do a show with like a, a small cast of folks. So we went in there because, um, uh, job walkies was formed in San Diego. So we know we're friends with uh, all of them, you know? And I was like, Oh, this is like the perfect time to explore the, the professional dance world on stage. So I did that for a year, but I also, because I was dancing so much, uh, I needed another way, another thing to fill me, uh, creatively. Um, because I was always training and I was always dancing and I was always still like competing. It was so much part of my life that I also needed a, an escape from that. And, you know, photography came, came out. Um, I always shot photos when I was a kid too. Um, always did the, always took the photos like on the field trips with disposable cameras, and, but never cared about technique. You know, it was always about the memories and the impact and, and all of that. And, um, Long story short, I was like, hey, uh, you know, I asked my sister if I could buy her camera. Um, so my brother and I bought her camera and then I just started practicing. Uh, always into, I was always into photographing people and, and the feelings and the emotions that come out of like a photo was what I loved. Um, and if you start seeing a pattern, I'm a very feely, emotional person when it comes to creating art. So I always have to feel something. And I think photography at that point in my life gave me something that the other two uh, art forms that I practice, um, did not, um, but it's, it's good to have those three kind of work off each other. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's like the whole, like, hopefully 
it wasn't as condensed, but that was no. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was really yeah. great because what I got out of your sharing was really that you know, from um, like you were just this holistic artist from mental, physical to visual to spiritual. Like there's just this alignment in in the way that you create, which is really fascinating to me because I think that that really um, there's a there's a balance too because you're extremely smart. Too. So there's, there has to, for me, I think that when you have that perfect balance, it expresses itself in these ways, right? Like you're incredibly um, intellectual because of what you've studied. And we, we can get more into that in a minute, but like just the aspect of your creative endeavors and the way that they express themselves or itself is just so profound in so many ways. I mean, you're really good at all of these things. I mean, you're, uh, you, you've won awards for your poetry. You, I mean, I've seen your photography and it's stunning. Um, and you have won many awards for your dancing as well. Am I correct about that? Yeah. 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 So, I, I, so, you know, I, and I love that. I, I love that you have expressed your passions to, to such a degree that, that, um, you're basically, putting the world on notice with your talent. So I appreciate that a lot. And I have actually a really um, interesting fun fact about myself and breaking. I went to a high school in Santa Rosa and the kids that I used to hang out with were also were break dancers and every break they would congregate in the corner, pump the music and would break in in the corners of the school and, yeah, and after yeah. school they would like bring out their linoleum did you ever travel with linoleum to break um, I, I stopped doing that in high school <laughs> my buddies would do that um but for me uh i was the, the same kind of person like every lunch break i would break right but I, I actually i went from the grass to concrete the concrete is what i oh love my gosh. Um, I, I love dancing on concrete that's just like my my home my you know, That's so uh, I, I didn't, I didn't really, yeah. And then linoleum bringing that around all the time. I was like, nah, yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> I, yeah, I never understood yeah. it, but you know, when you're passionate about something, you kind of have to bring your own dance floor sometimes. Um, For sure. I always brought the boom box. I always brought the stereo. <laughs> I was like, it's someone else bring some music. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your um, academic career because I, I'm really fascinated to learn about how, what, why you chose the avenue you chose you you, you're a physicist basically you went to school and you studied physics and astrophysics and now you're an optical engineer talk about that yeah um so i i i feel like you could relate to this too you know like um going up in the in the academic realm you know uh in the school system for me i i didn't really have a path to be honest um Education was always in terms of um, immigrant parents, right, that are, are struggling to really keep us afloat, but have um, didn't really have an idea, if you will, about what kind of paths are there, career paths or paths in terms of getting through the education system, how we can get into college, et cetera. I mean, bless my parents. Um, you know, my dad did go uh, to college uh, in, in uh, Laos in the Soviet Union, right? But that's vastly different than, you know, America, right? And then, um, so anyway, um, I didn't really, 
I really had to figure a lot of things on my own. One of them being the fact that, uh, you know, what, what the hell to do in college. Right. And, and it wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't ever want it to be an engineer or a doctor. I didn't know. I still don't know what the hell to do. Um, to be honest. And I, I, I still think I'm an idiot, but, um, I think what happened was, um, as I was watching cartoons and playing video games, um, there was always like strange things about physics that would, um, really attract me. Um, and what I mean is like, there, there would be old school cartoons, like Foghorn Leghorn from like, I don't know, Acme or Looney Tunes or whatever. And, um, one episode would have this like kid writing equations, like a little chick, uh, writing, writing equations, uh, trying to figure out how to solve problems. And then, you know, solving those problems in very cartoonish ways where it's like, you know, hiding in the, hiding in a trash can, but ending up in a tree or like hiding in a hole, ending up in a different place, kind of like Schrodinger's cat kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, ideas of momentum, velocity, and, and force um, while playing baseball, like just, just weird stuff. And I was like, oh, you could use math to figure this stuff out. I, I, it never really crossed my mind to be like, oh, you could actually use like concepts, fundamental concepts and math to, to figure these things out. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? And then um, I read a book by Michio Kaku called uh, Hyper Dimensions in high school and and i think that's what really got me into astrophysics um going going back to being someone who's very curious about the world i was also curious about the universe always loved space always loved the void of space in the universe and like what what could be out there and like how how minuscule we could be uh in in, in this place in the universe and and that that's what always got me like i always felt it was a uh, poetic if you will that there's so much we don't know and through, by the tail end of high school, I, that was what I wanted to major in just because I wanted to understand it more. It was very much less of the idea of like, I was going to figure out what to do uh, as a job and more about if I was going to go to college and I had to think about something, I would, I would suffer. I would rather suffer in physics or astrophysics at first. I, I studied astrophysics and then I had a partner in crime at Berkeley. And me and him would work together and we convinced each other to do a double major in physics and astrophysics. Cause <laughs> there was like a, it was like, Hey, we got each other to work with. Like, um, and, and it was just a few more classes, a few more lab classes. And I was like, Hey, what the heck? Like, let's do it. You know? Um, but I, I, I always felt like, um, I, I definitely didn't feel like I was the brightest. Um, we had each other to help uh, and work with each other. I had other folks that did help me, but, I think I struggled throughout um, the years of learning, but I still felt like it was beautiful to at least attempt to understand those things in the universe, you know? And then, um, and then I minored in poetry because I also, I wanted to major in poetry, but they didn't have a program um, as, as a major. So, and then when I graduated, the recession was kind of like in its hot course, the, the, the housing market crashing and all that. And I kind of fell into, um the the job market like with everyone kind of laid off and <laughs> no jobs like we had to short sell our home um, things were like kind of really difficult so i just kind of uh moved back to san diego to help out my family because that's what i promised to do anyway i didn't want to go to uh grad school because i felt like well this situation was going on at home and i'm not gonna wait and, and i don't know if i really truly want to dedicate like you know 10 more years eight to 10 more years in in astrophysics um now that I studied it and known like what's kind of out there kind of. So it was very like, 
I wouldn't say misguided, but I just didn't really know and have a path. And and then it was kind of like learning as I went. Got my first job at like as a contractor for a biotech company, and then um was doing like laser alignment and optics. And funny enough, I actually avoided optics in college. I I wasn't really into it. I was like oh, optics, like <laughs> ray tracing, like understanding you know, fundamental properties of uh, lenses and whatnot. And I was like, nah, like this, I just want to see stars and <laughs> the cosmos, you know, like black holes and theoretical physics. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was aligning, I was just a technician. Um, like they were, they were hiring everybody from different sectors because everyone was getting laid off. So they were getting like fresh college students, yeah. um, engineers in the industry. And uh, long story short, I, I uh, stuck with that company until I quit to go to Vegas. And then a coworker was trying to watch me in Vegas, but I had quit to move back to San Diego. And he was asking if I needed a job again. I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, I ended up in the, uh, in the optics department. And, and because they, they saw my experience in optical alignment and laser alignment. And then from there, I, I re was really learning on the job. Um, I mean, optics is physics. Or, you know, like There's a lot of physics behind what I do, so it kind of worked together. But it was pretty funny that I tried to avoid it. And now it's like all that I do um, as a career, you know. And then it, it, yeah, I just leveled up as an engineer, learning a lot of engineering concepts, a lot of optical engineering concepts, a lot of design work, prototyping. Like, it, yeah, it's been a really interesting, interesting journey, it sounds difficult, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how, to me, it sounds like you're, optical engineer work might lend itself to your photography is there any connection there for you yeah yeah i always saw photography from an artist perspective i always just wanted to take the photos learn the technique and and create the art and then um as i'm moving along and, and really looking to the uh, design and the engineering behind uh cameras and lenses you just learn to appreciate it more and you learn about why there were certain design constraints, why certain lenses are, are more expensive than others, why they perform better than others. And yeah, it, it's, it's really geeked me out <laughs> on the uh, technical realm. Um, it, it, yeah, it's awesome. Like I, um, it's awesome to learn about it. You know, like there are days where I think, Hey, maybe I could design my own lens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't, I'm definitely not there yet, but it's, it's still good to be, again, just to be curious and try, you know, uh, eventually. Yeah. So I have a question about um, your learnings as an astrophysicist. What is the meaning of life? Did you find that out in your studies? For yourself, no. at least? <laughs> no, I think uh, being, being existential, I think, I, yeah, I mean, you know, taking questions as an artist, right? Like exploring the, exploring who I am, and exploring the world around me and how using art can connect folks and, and, and again, share some kind of feeling, passion, feeling that kind of energy. I take the same kind of in inspiration from trying to understand, like, um, you know, how do stars collapse? Um, why is there so many voids in the universe? You know, what, what kind of energy is out there? Um, what kind of life forms can be out there? Like, it... it, it I don't obviously have a meaning to life. Um, I think that the beauty is like for us to to really unpack that, knowing all the realities and truths that are out there, yeah, yeah. right? And when I say out there, I also mean conceptually as as human beings, but also yeah, living in a in a very physical present, mm -hmm. 
world where we are bound by the laws of physics um like what does that really mean and i i honestly feel like i just go back to a mentality of um i have one life to live and and if there's one thing i could do it's i, I could choose to learn and just express myself completely yes. because it is very easy to go back to a very you know we call it the ground state you know like the just a very relaxed state and i i don't want to be complacent in um just being there i, I think you know, going back to balance, you got to have a lot of excitement yes. in your yes. life, and a, but also stay grounded in certain mm -hmm. things. So knowing how to move between the two is, is, um, I, I say my path to, to existing, you know, because I still use as an artist for me, I, I got to feel something, yeah, right? Totally. That's so poetic. And speaking of poetry, <laughs> can you share something from your book dancing is it dances with elephants or dancing with elephants dance among dance elephants among um, elephants i'm sorry i yeah, butchered so that I, I should have known that i apologize no worries um but yeah just a quick little plug uh, dance among elephants is my uh, debut book poetry book i got a new book out um called every passing minute oh i uh yeah i uh released that in late 2020 i think I think yeah, see, that's how long it's um, been. And I'm not yeah. on social media anymore. So I totally missed that announcement. It's up to you, you can read a, a poem from either one, whichever you feel is calling to you right at this moment. I Oh, yeah, I, I got the poem. Okay, you got it. Um, yeah, so the poem is called, uh, it, it's, it's been really resonating with me right now. So Sabai Sabai mm. is the title of the poem Sabai Sabai. It means to relax, and I definitely, in this world right now, need to relax uh, and, and kind of, again, come, come at peace with myself. Uh, so I guess this is the perfect thing to lead off of. <clears throat> so, sabai, sabai. You ever heard of a Lao party? Might be one going on right now. We Lao folks love that celebrating. Sifting through sunrise and slipping through sunset, we sing our favorite songs in our heads. It shortens time at work. Because we sabai, sabai. We force ourselves to sabai through the weekdays. So when weekend come, we too sabai to be sabai. While beer loud gushes down as if a recession exists in our bellies. And we must stimulate our celebratory economy. This weekend, on our little cousin's birthday, where grandpas and grandmas get down salavan style. Lao folks gotta play that music. Gives us an excuse to pick up microphones. Clap our hands and wave our wrists around and dance like how our aunties teach us. When the right song come, when the right keys of the can flute lifts our stress out, our sleepless bodies, we always celebrating something, waiting for that weekend, coasting past the jobs we hate or waiting to grab jobs we don't have. It don't matter if our elders can't speak English. They singing like they own the land, where their voices reach rejoicing over all the smallest of happenings. And we all sabai real good. Yeah, sabai, sabai, I love it. Yeah, thank That's you. That's awesome. So, you know, one of the reasons why I brought you on this show is because I really wanted to start featuring more Lao American artists and community makers and shakers and movers and people who are out there like you said, expressing yourself to your fullest capacity on while you're on this planet. 
And for those Lao Americans out there who are listening, what's a word of wisdom that you have for them? Uh, for, for the Lao American folks listening, what what's words of wisdom? Yeah, some words of wisdom to live their um, life to the fullest, to make all their dreams come true. I think, and quite honestly, I feel like we we must learn to to flow with what's in front of us, and and not not just say work hard and you'll succeed, but understand um, where we are in in our current time and our place. Learn how to flow with it, like have our survive lifestyle, but also learn and 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 understand the techniques that will help you get to the places where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and always find always find the wavelengths that you really want to resonate with, and and know that not not everything is going to be the way you want it to be. But then again, adapt, flow. Like we, you know, we come from that, right? We come from the river, right? The Mekong, yeah. and and we really need to understand like our own properties in our own lives, and and learning how to learning how to make ourselves better. And please, please be proud and visible. And please, like, be be um, love who you are seriously, because there's not too many of us out there. Yeah. We we all we all have a we all have a place by the river to to be who we are. You know? Thank you. That was beautiful. Well, we're coming up to the top of our time together, and I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. I am so honored, and I feel privileged to have you here and to be with you for this last half hour. Um, can you share with us where people can learn more about you and your art and, and all the things? Okay. Um, first off, thank you, Linda. Um, thank you, Kathleen and ACMA and all the folks that really, you know, are giving us the platform to speak our, our, you know, true selves. Uh, you could find me on Instagram, uh, at B boy Lancer. Uh, my photography is at snap pilots, uh, spelled, correctly, I suppose, snap pilots. And then um, you could also find my my work in photography for Lao American happenings in uh, at Lao America. So L-A-O America. And yeah, you can find me there. Um, also Satu Press, Satu.press is the URL for, you know, the books of uh, Lao American authors and, and whatnot. So yeah, stay connected. If, you know, if you need me for anything, just reach out and yeah, thank you, everyone. Great. Truly appreciate being here. Awesome. I want to thank our guest, Krasada Punsuri, for joining us today. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our API community with a voice through media arts. If you would like to support our program and make a donation, please visit AsiansVoicesRadio.com. And thank you for listening. I'm Linda Schwartz. Please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices Radio show. Until then, take care, everyone.